Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty and I are going to give you our Mount Rushmore of non-hockey Hall of Fame Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Locked On Tigers. You think I should just record myself saying that? That way, you know, save myself a little bit of extra effort at the start of every show. I mean, everybody's got their intro. I say the same thing for the first 30 seconds of Tigers every what do you, day. What do you say? Uh, welcome back, everybody. Today is fill in the blank. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. And then the, thanks for making Lockdown Runnings your first listen every day. Or Lockdown Red Tigers, Wings? Tigers, your first listen every day. Masterclass. Um, yeah, it's the same, true, same thing every day. True professional. True. Uh, anyways, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Oh, boy. Got a little bit of Did you hear that? Did you hear any of that? Okay, no. good. What was I, it? I may, I, may have had, I may have the Tigers on the other screen here. Yeah, and, we gotta uh, go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I, I gotta give part of my job is watching that game. <laughs> so and the audio was live. So all of a sudden I heard uh, Matt Shepard in my ear and I got a little Oh like, no, I couldn't hear it on my end. So today's episode is gonna be a little bit of a fun evergreen episode for you guys. We we teased it a little bit yesterday, but we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of non hockey hall of fame Red Wings. And the reason we're doing non hockey hall of fame is because if we did Hockey Hall of Fame Red Wings. Like, we included those guys. You'd get Steve Eiserman, you know, Gordy Howe, Nick Lidstrom, Dominic Hasek, Sergey Fedorov. I mean, that's five guys right there. I mean, you talk about the same five famous Red Wings every single time. So we felt the need to cut out any Red Wing who's made it's the a Hall lot of Fame. More of a, it's a lot more of an interesting conversation. It really does open it up. And, you know, I, I do think, and we'll talk about it, I do think the fir- there are two on Mount Rushmore that we're going to be in agreement on that many Red Wings fans are going to be in agreement on that are no-brainers that aren't in the Hockey Hall of Fame yet um, that are going to be on that mountain. But there's it's, it's a wide-open field, and it really couldn't, could, it could come down to, you know, this is our own personal Mount Rushmore, so it could come back down to nostalgia. Like maybe there was a favorite moment, and that's why they're up there for you. Or maybe you're looking analytically at like what they provided the team through those championship years. But I guess without further ado, uh, let's get right into things here. And I guess I'll lead off the first guy that is on my own personal Mount Rushmore. No order, by the way. Not oh yeah, no order. It's not one through four, four through one. It's just personal top four players to ever wear the winged wheel. I've got to go with, and this one is one of those ones where it's a little bit of a bias, but I got to go with Thomas Holmstrom. Sure. Um, sure. The, no, I, I, that's uh, he, I think uh, he would have been slated as a, as an honorable mention, I think on, on my, on my Mount Rushmore for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's going to be, there's probably players with more skill than Thomas Holmstrom, but what he did, he specialized in and the dude was an absolute menace on the ice in front of the goalies. I mean, how many actual legitimate goals got called back because of what Thomas Holmstrom, not what he was doing, but what he represented. 
Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there were so many goals that got called back just because Thomas Holmstrom has a reputation of being a pest in front of a goalie. <laughs> I remember literally watching goals where he was standing outside the crease and they'd wave no goal. He was getting goals called off just because of his reputation, which some people are like, that's not a good thing. But the amount of goals that ended up being scored because he was that net front presence definitely was more than the goals that got called off because of that in his tenure. For sure. Yeah, that, that's like the definition of like beyond the box score, right? Like people yeah. say that all the time. I think I think uh, I, I think he's probably the poster child for for beyond the box score. Oh, absolutely. And and let's not also shorthand Thomas Holmstrom. Yeah, he wasn't the fastest, most agile. No, he didn't have like great hands, but he wasn't a slouch either. I mean, he played over one thousand NHL games, which is like the benchmark to a successful career. It seems like he For played sure. fifteen years all with the Red Wings. He even had a thirty goal season in there, and he had he had several seasons where he clipped 60 points, his career high being 69 points in the year 1998. But he reached 60 points as late as uh, 2010, 2011, which is the year before he retired. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that is because he specialized in one thing and he fed off great opportunities playing with great players. But that's not a detriment to him. That just speaks to how good he was in the net, in front of the net. So that's why, you know, it might not be a popular choice. He might fall in honorable mentions, but it's a, uh, he's on my personal list of Hall of Fame or Mount Mount Rushmore of non-hockey Hall of Famers for the Detroit Red Wings just simply because of he is a guy I don't think we'll ever see do that one thing as good as he did ever again. No, I, absolutely. I I think like I said, post CEO of uh of of beyond the box score and certainly a, a very vital part of uh, of a lot of Red Wings teams. Very yeah, he- very very fun fun player to watch quite literally averaged half a point per game. I like down to the, the number, I believe um, he had 530 points. No, I don't know how to do math. Never mind, Ignore me. He had 530 points in 1026 games. So just slightly under slightly under about 25 point, 15 points under a half point per game across his whole career, which is really effective for the type of player he was. So that's again, absolutely. I love, I love to meet some Thomas Holmstrom. Absolutely. No, that that's a really good one. I uh, I really I, I love that. I love that pick. And I think mine, my one of my first ones, I, I was this is another one that I was debating between honorable mention and just straight up getting the spot. But I, I think I'm going to give it to him. And it's really a v- rather similar conversation in a lot of ways. But I, I'm going to go with Cronwall. I think that that's, that's another one. one. You know what I mean? That's another one that uh honestly reflects a lot of the same things you just said right like a lot of the as far as production and you know points per game like pretty even but like being that being that defender and and uh hitting like a tank baby Cromwell was the man and just like growing up he was he like he was the man growing up (laughs) like when you were like when man when, when I was younger and you're you're watching the wings like he was Oh, j- just as big of a name as all the like big goal scorers and, and productive talent they, they had on that team, just as big of a name as all of them. Um, and I think very similarly excelled in like a couple of specific areas. And that got him a lot of uh, uh, kept him on the ice a lot longer and kept him in a prominent role a lot longer. And, and um, I, I think even if you don't think that he's one of the four best non Hall of Fame Red Wings ever. Uh, I, I think he's undeniably in like the top six or seven. So, well, and the thing that impressed me most about Cronwall is he played 950 games played. Uh, he had 
about 400 points in that span. Let me just double check on yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was 430-something. Uh, 432 in that span. And obviously, you know, he wasn't necessarily in all, an offensive defenseman. You know, when he was paired with Lidstrom, he was known for cornwalling people, the big hits, because Correct. he had a guy like Lidstrom, the best defenseman to ever play, Correct. to back up and cover for those big hits. When Lidstrom retired, Cronwell had to fill those shoes. And so he had to step back from the big hits. He had to step into a more responsible role, and he did so. I mean, if you look at his Corsi 4 percentage relative to his teammates, he had some of his best years, his last few years with the Detroit Red Wings. Relative to his teammates, he was 3.4 in 18-19, 5.9 in 17-18, and 4.3 in 16-17. He had, a, he had a couple down years there, um, but he was absolutely like, a very reliable number one D-man on a team where like they, they were falling apart those last three years. They were a team that was mm-hmm. beginning to tank, but relative to his teammates, he was successful every single year. Their first year out of the playoffs, he posted a 52.8 Corsi 4 percentage. So on the ice, you know, he was the team develop, uh, created more chances for than against in a year where they didn't make the playoffs. Like Nick Cronwell was able to change his game, take on more responsibility and, you know, do it in stride. I, I really, yeah. I think that's a really solid pick. And he's actually, I, I, I'll admit it. Like I, looking at my, who I have up here on my multiple tabs, I have open, he's not one of them. And that's a great call by you. And that just, it goes to show Scotty, like how broad we can go with this. Oh, for sure. It comes no, to I, I mean, things. I have a couple that, that won't make my four, but like that I want to at least like say something about, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that's. There's there's a lot there, there's a doing the non Hall of Fame thing it it really makes you uh, realize maybe how underappreciated some of these guys were just because they were on teams with some of the most talented players to ever yeah. step on an ice. I mean, Cronwell's the Cronwell was forced to be the number one defenseman for a long time, and he did a really good job in that role. Yeah. Um, given especially as the team got older, I mean, he was 38 years old, posting an above 50 Corsi percentage, and relative to his teammates, was a positive. So I mean, he's just he fantastic pick. Croner, baby. I'll, I'll wrap good it up dog. by saying good job, Scotty. I like that pick. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com. So Scotty, before we began recording this Wednesday episode of lockdown red wings, um, we kind of riffed a little about a little bit. We tend to do that and talk a, a lot about, you know, potential guys who would be on this Mount Rushmore. We didn't necessarily reveal our picks. So you saying Nick Cronwell, that was a genuine like, oh yeah, that's a good reaction. But no, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, we, yeah. So far, both, I, I haven't, haven't known anything, but I think there's two that like everybody is guaranteed to have. That's exactly where I was getting at. There's two guys that have to be on Mount Rushmore. One of which is on the ballot for 2022. So in six months, 
Actually, I think it comes out in June. So in a month, yeah, soon, this could yeah. be outdated. But I think Henrik Zetterberg, the captain of the Red Wings following uh, Nick Lidstrom, has got to be on that list of Mount yep. Rushmore's not, in parentheses, yet in the Hockey Hall of Fame. For sure, yeah. As of Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, uh, that that is certain. Well, when this airs Wednesday, he he won't be a Hall of Famer tomorrow either. So we can say <laughs> comfortably <laughs> as of Wednesday, May twenty fifth, when this airs, two thousand twenty two, uh, Z is not a Hall of Famer, but absolutely um, is. I mean, if you were to rank them, right, like he would be either one or two, and yeah. um, that the other guy, I'm sure we'll talk about right after this. That there, there's two <laughs> there's two slam dunks at the top. And then the rest is where you could have a lot of fun. That's pretty much what this comes down to, I think. And and uh, yeah, Z Z is is obviously. Uh, I mean, there, there's not even too much to really say. I mean, that's that's one of the most uh, one of the most prominent players of one of the most prominent organizations in the entire NHL. And I... um, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll be a hall of famer and uh i i think his number will be in the rafters at lca as well pretty pretty short of there after that i mean we talked about i talked about how holmstrom for me was more of a bias like i just really loved what holmstrom brought i don't think we'll ever see that again i think zetterberg's more of in the category of analytically this guy has to be on your mount rushmore of non um hall of fame red wing players i mean again, i'm probably, sure there's I mean, people yeah. that like our diehard Zetterberg fans. Well, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's a huge part of it too. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, he's one of three players on the ballot this year, and my idiot self closed out of the tab, but I remember the three players that have over 300 goals, a thousand games played, and I think 400 assists. And that's, uh, I think Daniel Sedin, Thomas Vanek, and Henrik Zetterberg. He's one of three players that have crossed all those thresholds, which are you only had to hit one of those categories, I think is like the minimum that they're looking at. And he had For all the three. hockey hall of fame that that's usually true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a big thing. And he, you know, he himself played just like Nick Cronwell and just like Thomas Holmstrom played 15 years. But if you look at from the beginning of his career to the end of the career, it, it makes perfect sense why he's in here. You know, he was taken in the seventh round, the 1999 draft. Mm-hmm. He came second in Calder. He got shafted that year. We don't have to get into that. He Correct. won the con Smythe. In 2008, and then he had 1,082 games played, just shy of 1,000 points with 960, 337 goals, and 623 assists. I mean, he was the captain for a reason. He was the logical choice when Nick Lidstrom retired to take over as captain. There wasn't really much of a debate, and it's just like, what a what a succession too. I mean, I could go on and on about my like my respect for him yeah, i mean we could talk about the things how how highly dylan larkin thinks of, yeah. of henrik zetterberg we could talk about that whole thing with so like classy. the passing of the torch that went on during z's last season like there's 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 so much and um i i think yeah it's it's it, the, the most interesting not even the most interesting just like the most fascinating part of the whole thing for me about his whole career and about Screw it. And about Datsuk's career is that spoilers. Wow. Is, is that they both had the arc of being like fourth liners on like a, a team with Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. And just like for my money, the, the greatest hockey team ever assembled there in the early 2000s. And then when those guys all started fading away and going their separate ways and retiring and et cetera, 
the fourth line from those teams then became two of the best players in the NHL and, and became cup winners themselves and became their the best players on a cup team and, and no longer like the, the cycle of that has always been so fascinating to me. And um, yeah, uh, dot, you know, Dotsuk and NZ both are, are easily one and two uh, debate the order all you want, but they're easy. If you were to rank them, they would comfortably be one and two on this list. I think for, but amongst everybody. Yeah. I mean, Datsuk being a two top two time cup winner as his rookie year was in 2002 when they won the Stanley cup, he had 70 games played that year. He played 14 years with the Red Wings. I'm noticing a trend here. There's a lot of these guys are like played their entire career with Detroit 15, 15 right. and now 15 and now 14 years, uh, 953 right. games played. Obviously that being because, you know, he left for the KHL didn't fulfill his last year of his contract. Think hey, of that what you, you will can go play, uh, whatever. You can go play NHL 2k 19, 18 and still play and as play him. with him, but he's on the coyotes. Yeah. And then he's similar arc. I mean, 314 goals, 604 assists, you know, the, the Corsi metrics didn't begin until, you know, about 2007, 2008, but he was comfortably above 60% every single year. Corsi four percentage, absolutely Magic astonishing man, stuff. Even at 37 with his ankles destroyed because what's of those your surgeries. favorite, what's your favorite magic man moment? Oh, that's a tough one. It's either the Nashville Predators end to end or the Logan Couture on his birthday. Just yeah, I, 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 I think it's the end to end or it's the or it's the shootout, like slow little like soft toss shootout goal. That, those are all oh, that one's great. I mean, all those shootout. Oh, goals the Bruins playoff goal. Like there's so many. <laughs> there's so, there's so many. He, had, he had one at the Winter Classic, too. That was beautiful. Yeah, oh, yeah. So here's the thing, too, about both those guys is. They're both similar, but different. Like they're both phenomenal two-way forwards that are have phenomenal um, playmaking ability. They both almost doubled their goals with assists. And, you know, Datsuk was the flashier of the two. He made the flashier plays, and he's known, you know, he's got the he's a takeaway king uh, yeah. during his tenure. He was a three-time Selkie winner, four-time Lady Bing, by the way, as well. Uh, it's just both those guys were phenomenal defensive forwards as well and their their ability to see the ice is the reason why they were called the euro twins and it's almost a shame that we didn't get more of an opportunity to see them together um when the red wings began to you know i won't say crumble but the the, the run was coming to an end and they had to spread the talent out a bit more it was jatsuk on one line zetterberg on the other but the, together those two guys just fed off each other and it's mm-hmm. exciting to you know see a little bit of that kind of chemistry i'll say again with bertuzzi and larkin but i don't know if those two can ever have the chemistry that you know zetterberg and Datsuk had together it's a tall tall task i mean like we've seen it with with a lot we've been you know very fortunate obviously we've seen it from a lot of a lot of lines over the years um but yeah the the fact that for at least the last third of their career probably maybe even a little bit longer um they weren't able to to be to share a line as often uh, as they were when they were younger is certainly um, somewhat criminal. But you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, like and that's part of the reason why they squeaked into the playoffs is the spreading out of that town. But we don't got to get down that line. It definitely like those two players are no brainers, like for sure, without Absolutely. a doubt. Um, but then, like the last one player on each of our Mount, Mount Rushmore's for me. It's Thomas Holmstrom, 
Datsuk Zetterberg. For you, it's Nick Cronwall, Datsuk Zetterberg. So kind of more recent, recent-ish players for both of us. Henry or Nick, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Thomas Holmstrom being the oldest of those three we each currently have on Mount Rushmore. Um, we haven't really gone deep into the lore yet of the Red Wings. And by deep, I mean like 90s because we're both young and that's as far back as we really can say and speak on and actually know what we're talking about. I got I, my last one's from there. From the 90s? Mm-hmm. I th- we might be on the same guy. I'm going with Vladimir Konstantinov. Okay, so Konstantinov was, uh, was going to be my uh my like most honorable mention for sure. most honorable mention okay so because really i mean like that now. like yes like konstantinov 100 100 percent. i mean the guy it had it not been for that car accident he would have been a hockey hall of famer Absolutely. he was an absolute menace in the back end not only was he super intelligent defensively didn't but he, he almost won- win norris the year he it did happened? He came came second in the Norris Trophy voting um, in 1996, 1997. Not only was he, you know, a monster defensively, um, but like his physicality and he got some points in there too. You know, he only peaked out at at 34 points, but it was his defensive ability and the guys he's playing with. He had chemistry with almost anyone. Vladimir Konstantinov just without a doubt should, in my opinion, should be that, that fourth and final member. But I want to yeah. hear because if yours isn't Konstantinov, I'm really curious who's your who yours would be. Yeah, so uh, mine is um, mine is very much Red Wings and really hockey lore for a very different reason than than Vlad. Um, but uh, mine's Bob Probert. Great choice. I love it. Yeah, I think so. Here's my thing, right? In all sports. I think that the Hall of Fame is supposed to be a place where you give credit to and admire the best of the best in something, right? And and the best of the best in your sport. There is, in, like in baseball, for instance, Matt Stairs, I think should be a Hall of Famer. I think he's the best pinch hitter of all time. Most people like Matt Stairs, whatever. Matt Stairs, purely pinch hitting, best pinch hitter of all time, should be a Hall of Famer. Bobby Probert, the greatest enforcer of all time. When you're the best of all time at something, most prominent, dude has a movie after him, let's be real. You know what I mean? And he certainly had a lot of off-the-ice stuff, too, that that played into a lot of his his lore and all that, for good or for bad. but I, I think not having someone who like everyone considers to be, you know, the like the enforcer of the of the history of the NHL is uh, is doing a disservice to what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for. Yeah, no, you bring up a, a solid point. It, when you think of guys who were enforcers in the NHL, most people's brains immediately fall to Bob Probert. I mean, he played a 15 year career. He's going to be well. number one on pretty much any list you look up. I believe he had almost a thousand games played 935. He played his entire career with either Detroit or Chicago, What a whiplash that must've been too. Um, going from that team to uh, Chicago yeah. Blackhawks, but he was the guy when it came to fights and his fights were 
You can look them up on YouTube, guys. We don't get fights like that anymore in the NHL. Nobody knows how to fight like Bob, Bob Probert did. And so I completely respect uh, that opinion. So your Mount Rushmore is Nick Cronwell, Zetterberg Datsuk, Bob Probert, minus Thomas Holmstrom, Zetterberg Datsuk, and Vladimir Konstantinov. Who are our honorable mentions? And I have probably... So Four Vlad was, was like very much my like prominent, like I really wanted to find a way to get him in there. Like absolutely, you know, wish, wish Mount Rushmore had five heads on it type of deal. Um, so, so he's definitely one. Um, on, one of the other big ones for me is Ozzy. I don't care. I was going to say Ozzy's probably my Oz number is, one. Is, should, should be, should be a heavy honorable mention too. Well, he should be in the hall of fame, but that's not a, conversation we we've we talked about yeah. it on the show we, right or was that off we air? have we, oh, we've okay. gone we've talked i couldn't about remember it. if we did that on air or off air yeah yeah 400 wins and not in the hall of fame absolutely uh criminal yeah ridiculous but that's fine that's fine that's cool you know whatever um osgood was definitely up there for me as well for me honestly as well the entire grind line um yeah. coacher no, malpy draper mccarty whatever iteration you want to talk about for me, especially Chris Draper, and I, I know I feel like a lot of people have more popular memories of Darren McCarty and his time as well, Red Wing. Also, I mean, he's, McCarty he's still has, very like, one of the most iconic moments in the history of the organization. Yeah, so, well, I mean, like... you have a, a fighter grinder go out there and score a beautiful goal in the Stanley Cup final to help clinch the, the cup. I mean, of course, it's going to go down in Red Wings lore. And he's still very active in the Red Wings community too. Like you can talk, oh. he'll talk to you on Twitter. Yeah, he, yeah. Follow. I mean, follows me. I, I pretty. Yeah. He follows the show. Like you can just add him, show. and like, he'll Nolan, talk to you. Nolan, Nolan had him on the show. I mean, he has his own gig going over at like Woodward Sports. Like he's like still very prominent in in the Red Wings and like the city of Detroit community. Yeah. Well, also time. like let's also remember what Chris Draper did as well. I mean, the guy was a face-off king. He was Absolutely. super fast. I mean, he was probably the, the the speed. I mean, there's a reason why he was the center of that grind line. Darren McCarty brought the edge. Kirk Mulpey brought, you know, his, his man, uh, production. Too. All of them. Just all yeah. of them. All of them, man. Mulpey was nice. Mulpey had over 1,000 games played in the NHL. I mean, he only had a 260, 260 points across that. But again, grind line. That's not what his point production wasn't what he was there for. So I just, that entire grind iteration was phenomenal. And, and Draper's, uh, what is he, head of amateur scouting with the Detroit Red Wings? Like, he is up there yeah, with the organization he's, he's one. Of, I don't remember which scouting department specifically, but he is in there, yes. 100% he is. He is current director of amateur scouting for the Detroit Red Wings. So, I mean, obviously his hockey mind is well-respected within the hockey community. And I just, there's so many good names. And guys, this is where I throw it to you guys in the comments. Let us know. Who yeah, you're... literally. I mean, we'd love to. We we have a whole off season. We might even like go through it. Like, oh, who'd we yeah. miss? And like, go. You know what I mean? Like on a, like show, a mailbag like, episode off some names. Yeah. So let us know who your there's so many favorite, fun ones. Well, your Mount Rushmore of a non hockey Hall of Fame Red Wings are. Um, and Scotty, are there anyone? Is there anyone else that we feel like is we were forgetting off the top of our heads that we absolutely need to say? I don't think so i mean that that was everybody i wanted to bring up um yeah i think that's everybody i, I wanted to cover like just weird that uh i'm pretty sure franz and like officially retired from hockey today that video was you know made you cry a little bit yeah a little bit of a <laughs> tearjerker speech after like right off the ice like he's still in pads and everything like just got off the ice over there and, uh, star gave him? yeah in europe and like you know tell talking about like he's fighting back tears like talking about 
So like, I, I don't know if Franz necessarily deserves to to be on that list ahead of every anybody we've named, but like certainly is a is a. I know you know the end was sour, sure, but the end was sour for a lot of <laughs> of, yeah. of of guys from that era. So I'm Franz really Nielsen, Franz Nielsen is one of those guys who I. People turned on him really quickly because his production fell off for sure, especially after that first year. He was an all-star that first year with the Red Wings. But that that the one that's more of a Ken Holland thing than a Franz Nielsen. Like it's it comes down to the GM who's handing out the money. And Ken Holland was trying to replace Pavel Datsuk, and you can't replace Pavel Datsuk. Franz Nielsen had a really successful career, especially with his tenure of the New York Islanders. So seeing seeing him seeing him break down like that, definitely tough. You know, that that it, regardless of the money he got handed and how his tenure ended as an NHL player, like he was still a very good hockey player in his prime. He was. No, he was. And like, yeah, like you said, I, I know the end was sour, but to be honest, the, the end is is uh, is Irrelevant. sour like that for for a, a lot of players, and especially when you're you know bro, the last few yeah. years of that playoff run were rough for for a lot of people on that team. So, um, like I said, not not sure he really deserves to be up there. Oh no. With, with Not with the Red Wings, of, maybe the Islanders. Said, but uh, just kind of like something I just want. I watched the video today and just wanted to give him a shout out, I guess. Yeah, and actually that brings up a good point too, is we haven't talked anything about the Worlds, um, which have been ongoing, and they're now reaching their conclusion. We can talk about those, yeah. We can do that on tomorrow's episode. Moritz Sider scored a uh, a goal for Team Germany on, what, today is Tuesday, uh, as we record this. And so we definitely got to talk about that because Siders continue to be brilliant. Lots of Red Wings out there as well. Magnus Helberg playing for Team Sweden. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about oh, yeah. that and more on tomorrow's episode. One thing you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Lockdown NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Here's the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Back tomorrow, guys. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.